It's 2022, which means it's a renewal year and you need CEUs. 30 if you're in South Carolina, and three of those have to be on ethics, jurisprudence, and whatever else goes in that category. Look, the year's going by fast, and you can knock out all those requirements with a MedBridge subscription, and you can get 40% off with the discount code BETTERFASTERPOD. I have a friend named Shelly, and she's a little lazy. Her words, not mine. She hasn't done any Con Ed over the past year and a half until she got her subscription set up. And what she does is she just puts modules on her phone while she watches 90 Day Fiance. Great show, by the way. Is she learning anything? No. But is she getting the local governing bodies off her bat? Yes. Your subscription also includes NSCA credits, OCS certification prep courses, patient education, home exercise programs, EMR integration. There's tons and tons of resources. Again, use the discount code BETTERFASTERPOD to get 40% off your individual subscription. That's the best price that MedBridge offers, okay? Only the best for our listeners. Now enjoy the episode. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Better Faster Podcast. So excited to be here with you, masked up and with uh, one of our coaches today uh, from our gym side, Adam Billadu. Adam, how you doing, man? Good, it's good to be here. Yeah, we're going to be talking about something that's a little bit more gym-oriented today, Brandon. So you want to talk about a little bit what we're getting into today? Yeah, we're talking about gear, right? So gear, belts, wraps, straps, etc., that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. we got quite a long list here, and I reckon we're just going to just, just kind of start to call them out and talk about if they're good, if they're bad, when we like to use them, when we don't like to use them, that kind of thing. But this is, this is Adam's debut. We got, I we know, got to talk about man. So we Adam, do need to talk about Adam. Adam Billy Duke. AKA the Snatch Whisperer. Snatch Whisperer. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, that could be. <laughs> but but so so Adam Adam's like he, we just we just jive really well, right? He's like he's always like fixed all my junk, like all my like, mm-hmm. like my snatch yesterday, for example. Like I had this bad habit of jumping backwards, and he like jumping forwards. I'm sorry, and he like cued it, fixed it within two minutes, and good to go, right? It's the best it's ever felt. Um, so Adam, man, you want to tell us about like who you are, where you're from, and maybe tell us on the glove uh, <laughs> what city you're from in Michigan, by the way. Yeah, so I'm from Bay City, Michigan. Um, so literally right inside the thumb, if you want to throw a hand up. Uh, I did my undergrad at Central Michigan, um, did my internship here at Vertex last summer, loved it so much, changed my career path and wanted to become a PT, and so now I'm starting PT school here in the fall. Awesome, man. So uh, that, that's good. And so just they, we always say before, going into school with having that experience of coaching movement and working with a variety of people is, is huge and carries over tremendously in the actual clinical setting. Uh, also, also really quick, um, we our external cutie of the week, right? Oh, yeah. External cutie of the week. <laughs> that would be Andrew White. So shout out to Andrew. So cue Andrew likes to use to facilitate <laughs> full abdominal contractions. He likes to tell his clients to squeeze their core like they're pushing through constipation. Boom. Love it, right? So I guess, you, I guess you kind of, you, you explain what you mean. Yeah, you explain yes. that first, and then like whenever they're actually just doing our paper, all right, all right, I want you to take a dump. I want you to dump this one. <laughs> dump it, dump it. Let's get it. Oh, my I gosh. Like I like it. So yeah, if um, anybody send us, send us those, remember that's through the Patreon, patreon.com slash betterfastercases. All right, let's get into this episode. So I think the first one right off the bat, we'll kind of warm up a little bit. Let's talk about belts. Let's talk about weightlifting belts. Yeah, man. So just opening the question, what, what are y'all's thoughts about belts? Good, bad um, is is the answer. It depends. Like, where do we want to go from here? Oh man, Adam, you want me to go? You want? To... I'll, I'll take it, right? I think, like any answer, it it depends. I think it can be a performance answer if it's used right. 
Um, so like a good test to do to learn how to use a belt is wrap it around and put two fingers in and see if you have enough room and then press out into it with the nose breath through there. And then if you can do that, you're able to create a good amount of intra-abdominal pressure to actually use a belt. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the, the first thing you mentioned there was fit, right? And I think honestly, a lot of times belts are just used incorrectly. Um, and, and, you know, it is not something where you are trying to cinch this down as tight as it can go, right? And I see that uh, a little too often. So I think number one, if you're gonna use it, really knowing how to use it correctly. Um, and, and so you mentioned having a little bit of space there and actually pushing against it. But the win I think is very important too. So I'm definitely not an advocate of, you know, you need to be wearing this all the time, right? But I do think there are instances where it might be beneficial. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think just to piggyback off both your uh, points, I'm just thinking back to my high school days, right? Uh, mm -hmm. The first time I was introduced to a belt, I did what the, the seniors told me to do. We just sensed that thing down like a corset, right? Totally mm -hmm. incorrect way to use it. And like Adam said, leave some space. Breathe into it, right? Try to expand it with air, right? So you know, next thing you know, you're, you're lifting heavy. You're breathing into it, using it correctly. Throw a little HGH in there, and, mm -hmm. and you got a muscle gut, right? Yeah. Ladies, yeah. ladies love that, Adam, so keep that in mind. Yeah. Right? Um, other thing, too, right? All right as, we're, as we're talking about this gear, I mean, let's be honest. This is, this is These are also forms of self-expression, right? You know, maybe, you're, maybe your mom or your wife won't let you get a tattoo. You can just get you a badass two-poot belt yeah. right? with an American flag or your favorite sports team or something bedazzle, like that, right? Yeah, yeah bedazzle. Bedazzle, bedazzle it. Yeah, that kind of thing, too. So I think there's, like, also, like, a, a correlation between, like, the order you get and the more gear you're going to have, right? So, you know, it starts with the belt, and then the next thing you know, you got your knees your wrists your elbows so, you know you yeah. look like a busted tony hawks pro skater <laughs> yeah I, th I think it's important to to set kind of rules of thumb on when to use it right so um obviously if your max squat is 300 pounds you probably don't need to have your belt on when you're hitting 135 in your warm-up right so um for me kind of just again keeping it very very general uh it's when you're getting to the heavier loads, think 85, 90, 95, close to 100% of your max. As you're pushing heavier loads, then you may want to think about putting a belt in there. Um, and then also, I think it's important to actually have training cycles where you train without a lot of this gear, not just a belt. But I'll have people actually go through cycles of where they we're speaking about the squat. It's not just that they're not wearing a belt, but I might not have them wear you know sleeves or wraps or lifters or other things too that we're going to be talking about. So I think it's important to to vary your training a little bit so that way you can be continuing to. Uh, you know, you're not becoming too reliant on anything, but if you're going to wear it, keep it for more of those heavier loads and, and make sure you're wearing it correctly. And the last point of that too, there have actually been some stuff, EMG, take it for what it's worth, you know, I know we don't love those, but it's actually been shown that when you use a belt properly, it increases the MVC, so the, mm -hmm. the maximum voluntary contraction of some of the abdominal muscles yeah. as well too. So that could be of benefit. Just breathe into the belt, don't cinch it down like a course you use it. Yeah, and imagine that as like a performance enhancer of like you go into, you know, you're using it more in like a pre-competition cycle or something or or when you're building for if you're a weightlifter or a, a, a power lifter or even a crossfitter. If you're not using it consistently in training uh, and, and then you introduce it later on in, in kind of a training cycle or training years, you're in a more of a pre-competition phase leading into competition. It's like you're going to actually get that performance enhancing benefit mm -hmm. on top of it because like you mentioned, you actually can create a stronger contraction. So I think that there's there's utilization the, the ways to utilize it well, um, but I think too often I see people in the gym with 50% of their one sure. rep max wearing wearing a belt cinched down all the way. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, next on the list. So you know I think we all started wearing our, our belts when we were in high school, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I turned 25, started throwing the, the knee wraps in there occasionally, and then I turned 35 talking about wrist wraps. So let's get into wraps. Let's talk about um, wrist wraps first. Yeah. Thoughts yeah. about those? I know you're big into wrist wraps wrapped up for the snatches yesterday. Yeah, I have um, snowflake wrists, so that's, that's the reason <laughs> no, why. Yeah. <laughs> Again, like, I think it's good and bad. I mean, it teaches you um, to, one, have a stacked wrist, 
but then too it kind of becomes a crutch if you use it over and over and over again so you're not you're pretty much tra training your body to turn those muscles off and let the rep do the work yeah so yeah i mean it's like man like you know i can warm up with you know the barbell 50 percent <laughs> of my maximum i'm good but as soon as it starts getting heavy i'm like let's throw those wraps on you know i want to <laughs> feel good uh, yeah i don't want to have to worry about my wrist but so you're saying that you can they can become a crutch you become relying on them that kind of thing so what mm -hmm. What would your recommendation be? Like, what are the best in the world doing? Are they using wrist wraps, or is it just is it just you know these you know thirty five year old dudes like me? Um, you look at I think you look at some of the Olympic lifters and you see them using them in training. But it, Josh, you want? Yeah, I mean, for me, it, it's it's just like you mentioned. I think if anything, you don't want to be reliant on any specific. Uh, piece of equipment too much in my mm -hmm. opinion you know obviously there are going to be things that uh, you know are are beneficial because say like you say you got a little aches and pains that allows you to keep training things but then mm -hmm. for me it's also about well why are we needing to rely on them what's mm -hmm. the underlying issue of why do your wrists feel crappy all the time and so we got to get to them so is it something where we need to be addressing some type of uh, mobility restriction is there some you know is it something we need to do some joint work is well, you know, what is is it altering your warm-up prepping into it is, you know what's why why do do they feel like they're needed all the time? It's fear. I'm scared. It, yeah, <laughs> but um, but so so I think just like anything else, the goal would be to have um, you know to to almost have them for like a performance enhancer mm -hmm. or or in addition to or as the loads get heavier or on days where they don't feel as great. Yeah, they're there. But if it's something where any piece of equipment we feel like we need it every single day for a certain activity, well then there's something about that activity or what we're doing leading into it that we need to address. Would be okay. the way I would look at it. Gotcha. So it makes sense. So basically. Again, just to recap that, it, it seems like the theme we're getting so far is that don't become reliant on this stuff, but, you know, it has a time and a place, and, you know, maybe that can be load-dependent, right? It seems yeah. like the, the heavier you go, the more likely it's going to be of benefit, maybe for, mm -hmm. you know, making sure you're going to hit the lift or being safe, comfortable, that kind of thing, too. Mm -hmm. What about knee wraps? We're not talking about sleeves yet. We're talking about wraps, right? I think we see that more mostly, what, in the power lifting world. We don't see that most so much in, like, CrossFit and general population. Right, right. Um, I, I, uh, I have used them before, occasionally. Mm -hmm. um, we actually used them for BFR before we got the... Yeah, 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 yeah. Before we realized that probably <laughs> may have been the way we needed to do it. So I know you're, so Josh, I know you're in that world, right? You're, you're on the body tempering staff and the instructors. You're working closely with Donnie Thompson, mm -hmm. best, one of the best in the world all time. So tell us about those, man. What are your thoughts about the new wraps? Yeah, you know, it's, I think wraps can be, can be great. Um, I think they're obviously used at the highest levels of the sport because they do help you, you know, lift more load, right? And I think that as you're building into a competition, like you need to prepare yourself for that. So uh, you need to use the equipment you're going to be using when you perform so uh -huh. you need to get into that just like I think it's important to be getting reps with a belt knee wraps a squat suit whatever you're gonna use you got to get you got to mimic that as you're leading in a little bit but just like anything else I think that your training needs to be a little bit more varied um, knee wraps are you know helpful we are if they weren't people wouldn't use them they they do create um, you know help create a lot of, of tension and you almost can you know feel like a, they assist you in rebounding a little bit out of that that bottom position help you you know you know re-engage and get some of that knee extension um, as you're coming back up so I think they're beneficial um, I think just like anything else I probably wouldn't wear them every single time you squat um, similarly you're probably not having them on uh, you know when you're when as you're warming up just kind of like a belt it's as you're getting into those heavier loads later on um, you know that would be a time to work into them but I don't think it's something where it's you around every squat session you do you're wearing them sure. um, you know just like anything else you know it should be something where we're using it uh, tactfully and appropriately within a bigger picture of their training training year and actually uh, from what i understand too the act of 
using any rack, putting it all properly. That's that's a bit of a skill. Oh that's yeah, you, dude, you have to learn. You have to yeah, uh-huh. I would freaking whole like weekend tutorial on how to do that. Dude, right I would be lying if I said I knew exact like the the best method. But I know there are, there are people who like you have your person that wraps your knees and it's yeah. like you they know exactly what you want with it because um, right. there there are definitely different uh, different styles. There's different types of wraps. There's all those different kind of things. So um, I, I'm I'm more of a novice in that area. I've worn them before, but not a ton. Um, but just like anything else, I probably would not have them on all the time and put not put them on for you know, your lighter sets as you're building too sure. cool mm-hmm. all right so uh let's talk about sleeves now so we talked about knee wraps let's get into knee sleeves so yeah what what's the purpose of those again is this is this just to look cool do they actually serve a purpose to keep you warm in the winter like what's the deal with those yeah they're they're a lot more present in the crossfit realm definitely with the ray-ban knee sleeves and all that kind of stuff um but Really, it's it's for helping to get out of the bottom. I say get that little rebound. Like you got to work out like carrying 150 wall balls. I mean, if you're gonna tell me I can get a little extra spring out of the bottom each time, I'm gonna put them on. A little performance yeah. enhancer. So um, they almost like block your range and, and your back your knee essentially. Like they almost like stop you short and give you a little rebound basically. Kinda, yeah. Okay. Yeah, cool, yeah. Cool. Yeah, I know some people that, that that feel like it actually makes their knee feel their knees feel a little bit better when they're squatting. You almost get a little bit of like a gapping kind of going on too um, with some of that material back there as well. Um, but for for a lot of people, it's you know comfort. And, you know, as you mentioned before, of like uh, you know, it's they put them on they, they, their knees. They feel warm. They get that little bit of compression from the sleeve, and it's just like the it kind of you know uh, gives them a little more confidence as they go into it. So I know a lot of people that that argue probably don't necessarily need them and are they getting a lot from an actual performance benefit well if they believe that they're helping they're probably helping so because uh, a lot of those sleeves you know they have varying amounts of compression some of them are neoprene some of them are cloth uh, but a lot of times it just keeps things a little bit warmer maybe adds a little compression builds some confidence and then yeah maybe you get a little bit of assistance from them and getting out of the bottom too but uh, you, you do see those a lot in the crossfit world they're almost like anything else another accessory that you can customize for sure and then all right so with that being said so you usually see these in the master's divisions, right? So mm-hmm. starting to get older, right? So what's the master's now? Is it uh, thir- technically 35. Oh, yeah, they, they're down to 35. Yes. Yep. <laughs> right, so it's time for me to get elbow sleeves. Right? There you go, elbow let's, sleeves, let's talk baby. about elbow sleeves, right? yeah. I've never worn them before. You know, again, I think yeah. <laughs> maybe when I was a kid and used to try to skateboard, you know, maybe I had like elbow pads. Mm-hmm. But other than that, never worn them in the weight room. What's the deal? Yeah, I mean, you see them with bench press. You know, a lot of people wear some elbow sleeves with with that too in the powerlifting community as well. And then you know, you do see CrossFitters wear them too. Yeah. Um, I personally haven't worn any, but so you're not yeah. often hitting. I guess maybe unless you're in the front rack position, you're not often hitting in range elbow flexion, right? Right, right. So, I think that's more the warmth and the little bit of compression, okay. and maybe it's helping with a little bit of stability. But really, I think it's just confidence. I think gotcha. somebody's got a little bit of ache, and we know compression can make things feel a little bit better. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's what they're getting out of that. I don't know about you, Adam. Yeah, I mean, you see them a lot in basketball and then, like, track track and field. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You get the, like, thin compression ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think, um, Brandy, you may have been mentioning, like, the more, like, the neoprene-type yeah. things. Like, oh, like, yeah, basically, yeah. like, the equivalent of a, of a knee oh, sleeve. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you're right, compression. I think we have that on our list later, yeah, too, yeah. is we another good one, too. Yeah, that one next, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, compression. So, compression gear. So, compression gear. You're probably talking about, like, that, maybe thinking also... Um, like your common like like two XU branded type mm-hmm. things. Yeah. Uh, t- what's that? Tommy Copper. The one you see on that commercial. That kind of stuff. Yeah. So the copper that infused Brett so, Favre, baby. So yeah. Still well, doing uh, it. <laughs> compression. Uh, High waisted yoga pants. High, right? Yep. So, compression so, as well. Oh, what's, yeah, what's, what's, oh my yeah. gosh. Did you see that movie? Yeah. Oh my god. I saw, yeah, oh my gosh. Dude, <laughs> I, I love those guys. I like. I obviously like like the guy. He knew what he was doing. He was trolling. Oh, one hundred percent. But it created views and conversation yeah. for sure, and it probably sold a bunch of product for them. Yeah. Controversy creates cash. But yeah, those guys are hilarious. But yeah, yeah, so so compression gear. I, I know like 
This is actually something that's been uh, researched. Hey, Nike are the ones that like put on the studies, but it's actually been shown that some types of compression garments, I think these are mostly low extremity, like compression pants. Right. They've been shown to decrease in certain inflammatory markers, like creatine, kinase, stuff like mm -hmm. that, too. Um, so that's pretty cool. I think yeah, you can actually for sure. tra trace it something physiological. But then I guess the other benefits of that, right? We're talking about what, like the way it feels, different inputs to the nervous system. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, what, what's the difference between maybe that and what we talked about already with the neoprene stuff? Yeah, I think I think you're doing it. You're, you're not using it for necessarily some of the. I guess like for the neoprene stuff, you may or may not be getting a benefit of like some elastic energy stored in the material that you're getting back out of it. So you know, if you're thinking about it from a, a sleeve or you know, a wrap, you might be getting, and especially when we get into talking about some of the different suits and things, mm -hmm. your energy is getting put into the material when you when you get some of it back. Yeah. Uh, you, this you're not necessarily getting from compression stuff. I think from there's probably something to keeping the uh, tissue a little bit warm. To the a little bit of compression may alter a little bit from a blood flow standpoint. Um, you know, I, I, there's the differences there is you're not you're you're wearing it to hopefully allow what's underneath to to work or function maybe a little bit better mm -hmm. versus maybe using the equipment to actually gain a little bit of an advantage. That's kind of the difference I see in in my mind there. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. So it's basically. That one may not have the tendency to become as much of a crutch, then, right? It's more about yeah, yeah, no, no about I, feeling good versus I don't know having to hit the lift, having to rely on the equipment to hit the lift. Or right, like ex that. exactly. Right, you're, you're, you're. I think you're going to see, you know, you might see a little bit more of like the if you can train a little bit harder or be able to do something a little bit better because you're wearing that compression, you're probably going to have the cumulative benefit from wearing those type of things while you're training a lot um, mm -hmm. over time to just to, to continue to improve your performance versus throwing on uh, some equipment that allows you to do for a certain effort, do maybe 20 more pounds or something or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. But are you really getting a carryover into like adaptations out, sure. from the training? So I think there's probably a little bit of a difference there. At least that's how my mind processes them. But cool. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. So next, we we skipped over this, but I think we need to hit it real quick. Um, wrist straps. Mm. So there's different kinds, right? You know, yeah, got, yeah. Like, some powerlifting style, some lift lifting style. Mm -hmm. So um, thoughts about those? You guys ever use mm -hmm. wrist straps at all? Um, I do. I do. Um, when, from from when you use them. yeah, exactly. Um, for number one, I use them to save my hands a little bit. So okay. if I'm doing um, a fair amount of like snatch or, or snatch work, really, I don't necessarily wear them on cleans. But if I'm uh, you know because I don't think it's safe to wear them. Mm -hmm. I'm, talking, I'm talking more of like the weightlifting ones that can easily come off the bar, right? They're not wrapped around multiple times. They're right. not essentially they're 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 essentially allow, you know helping grip a little bit, right? But they're also um, you know, they're saving wear and tear. And they're stitched into a loop. Right, exactly. Right. They're usually stitched into a loop that's wrapped around so they're easy to, when you let go of the bar, they don't get caught on the mm -hmm. bar, right? And yep. so that's the safety thing with Olympic lifting. Mm -hmm. So I'll wear them whenever I'm, so, so sometimes when I'm doing complex work, I'll wear them when I'm doing uh, a higher volume of stuff or if my hands are beat up from say, you know, in CrossFit, you do a bunch of gymnastics work the day before and now I'm getting on a barbell, hands are a little beat up. Plus we have to protect our hands, you know, as PTs, making sure that we don't have, you know, beat up hands too much just in case when you are going to do the manual work. So right. um, I will wear them sometimes i do think just like anything else it can become a crutch mm -hmm. um so uh it's definitely not something you should do all the time and also if your limiter is grip strength mm -hmm. wearing straps to allow you to do more weight isn't necessarily changing your limiter so when you go to perform the movement without straps which you're not going to be able to wear in competition a lot of times um you're you're still going to have that same limiter sure so i think it really depends on the situation but i think they can be beneficial sure yeah and to kind of piggyback off Josh, I think that that's what it is, is 
if I can't grip 345, but I can pull it, I think that's that's when it needs to come on. Yeah. yeah. So you can still train for bigger loads for to get ready for a competition. But. Sure. Just be selective. So, mm -hmm. so you know, it's like anything else in life, right? Nothing's free. You know, if you yeah. use if you use a wrist strap, you're going to sacrifice training some of that grip strength. So you just need to be selective when you use it. Right. Not overdo it. And I think you have to look at the person too, because there are some people where it's like, in my mind, depending on their training goals, if they can't pick it up using it with their grip strength. I probably don't, and, and even say they could if I gave them a strap, like for what they're trying to accomplish in their current level of function and their goals, do I need them to put straps on and go heavier than that, right? right? Sure. You know, for me, it's like it's like really the, the need and desire of the training, uh, of what that person's training is looking like. So mm -hmm. um, there are a lot of people who are like, yeah, they probably could deadlift more if I put some straps on there. Mm -hmm. But like ultimately is the goal to have them deadlift more if they're, you know, health, longevity, body comp. It's like mm -hmm. from a safety perspective, I'd probably rather keep training their grip and, and self-limit let them self-limit their loading based on whatever their current limiter is. Gotcha. So gotcha. Um, I think, yeah, I think it's just like anything else. It's, it depends. Yeah, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. well, right. Well, let's keep going on this rabbit hole then. All right. We're talking about this. Let's talk about grips. Yeah. All right. Let's, oh, let's man. I'm straps, a big straps. grip guy. Yeah, yeah. I've never used a grip. Wow. Never, ever wow. used a grip. Bold got, move, Kyle. I got torn up hands right now, so I'm thinking that might be yeah. a that might be Well, I wore them the, the other day, and I got so, a nice little cut. <laughs> so what 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 are grips like can you explain to people like for that aren't familiar with it what grips are and why we'd want to use these and um so far though all these things are probably allowed in competition we've talked about right we hadn't got quite got into, like the power so, gear yeah stuff yeah yet, i think it but, depends it depends so right. so you're not going to be able to wear straps usually so right. you're not going to like you know you yeah, can wear them right. in training you're not gonna be able to do weightlifting or powerlifting or crossfit with actual wrist straps mm -hmm. um similarly sometimes wraps are outlawed depending on um you know the competition especially in crossfit you don't really a lot of times you can't wear wraps you can wear sleeves um and then also powerlifting federations i don't want to even get in the weeds there because each one has their own rules on like different things versus non -gear. yeah yeah, even within the gear division, it's like, can you wear single ply, multi ply? Can you do, you know, there's there's limits within there. Um, so so that is beyond my scope of, of a lot of that kind of stuff. But from a CrossFit perspective, being my background, you can wear wrist wraps, you can wear uh, grips, you can wear sleeves, you can wear compression stuff, but you're most likely not going to be able to wear. Um, maybe knee wraps like like the tighter actual knee wraps and you're probably not, you're not going to be able to wear weightlifting straps to be able to connect yourself mm -hmm. to the barbell gotcha but, okay cool mm -hmm. so so the grips um what's the intent and purpose of these um grips so i like grips to when you got a big gymnastic set let's say like 21 pull-ups mm -hmm. being able to hang on so you, essentially when you're doing an uh, like a kipping butterfly pull-up you have to re-grip throughout the rep and that on a normal hand is gonna tear you up. Ooh, that's gonna tear you up. So what that grip does is it saves your hand and allows you to slide through easier. Gotcha, gotcha. okay, cool. And so for people that aren't familiar with that, they're essentially usually made out of leather pieces, right? With a couple yep. holes cut in to go up your fingers and then you strap them down, tape them down, that kind of thing too. Mm -hmm. you know, so yeah. cool. Yeah, so they, mainly, mainly for gymnastics pieces. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Any mm -hmm. other benefits to other barbell movements at all? I, I don't I don't like them for no. barbell because they add on grip to the bar. Yeah, they make right. the they make the bar thicker essentially, yeah. which we know a thicker is going to be more difficult on the grip there. Um, but they really they're they're not only going to save your hands, they can actually be performance enhancing too. Sure. Um, you know, if you wear them correctly, which that is also not done. Um, mm -hmm. You know as often you know as, as people like to believe um you know if you think about real gymnastics grips like for actual gymnasts they actually have a wooden dowel in them and the, those wouldn't be allowed in competition but you can almost create that same 
that same uh, idea by just having the leather folded correctly in mm-hmm. your hand. And you almost can create like that dowel-like effect over the bar, allowing you to actually have a better grip on the bar. So um, between that, being able to chalk the grips up to be able to get a little bit better grip on there, like Adam said, saving the hands, I definitely think they're performance enhancing. Personally, I probably wear them too much. I mm-hmm. think like anything else, like for me, getting on a pull-up bar sometimes without grips feels oh, weird yeah. because I'm so I wear my grips <laughs> so way still, too much. Yeah. Um, um, so uh, I, I think it's definitely a fine line, right? Because like sure. Adam mentioned, you might not wear them with a barbell, and if you're doing a workout in a competition that has a bar like a barbell piece and a gymnastics piece, and you don't want to have to be taking grips on and off or pulling them down, pulling them back up because mm-hmm. say it's something quick and you need to save time, you might want to be able to perform your gymnastics work without grips. Right. So, like anything else, I think it's something that it's it's kind of an it depends. Use them sometimes. You know, have training mm-hmm. periods where you don't, um, but cool. they're definitely helpful. I wear them. <laughs> I wear oh, yeah. them a lot. Um, cool. <laughs> probably too often. Yeah, and I get so since my since talking about ripped hands, right? Since I, mm-hmm. you know, occasionally that happens, I'll I'll, I'll use the uh, poor man's grip, the KT tape. Right? Yeah. So we, as much junk as we talk about KT tape, that is my go-to whenever I rip my hands up. It's like I'm gonna I'm gonna you know cut, yep. make my own grips out of it and use that to, yeah. to protect those. Yeah, so. man, you can do it with, with KT tape or regular tape. You can cut. Um, there are tutorials online on how you can basically yeah. cut loops to go around your fingers yep. and then tape it around there, and it creates a, a at least a protective grip. That one's right. probably not going to be performance enhancing like the leather one where you can kind of fold sure. it right but that would protect the hands sure. too so yeah but other than that i guess we were missing out on 2020 olympics right you usually see a lot of kt tape on the beach volleyball <laughs> field that kind yep. of thing too we know, the, we know the rule about that right the more colors you have the mm-hmm. more intricate the design the better it works right yep. you know it's essentially kind of a placebo effect right yeah yeah you know i think uh, i think we've probably talked about tape on here uh, a fair <laughs> number of times and, and we're not just in case you hadn't listened to, you hadn't listened to any of our other episodes, episodes about, yeah. <laughs> yeah we're not huge tape people yep. um but now now we're talking about if you want to talk about regular tape um or i guess kt tape could fit here you mm-hmm. could use them in place of a wrap in some way so you're talking sure. about wrists right? right so i typically don't have people tape their wrists like tight mm-hmm. with regular tape for for snatch work or anything like that just because i think it's like i don't want to restrict motion too much right. but that's something where a loosely taped wrist with like a general a generic tape or potentially kt tape because there is a stretch might be able to provide you with a little bit of support or that feeling that you're going for yeah. without being too restrictive so i have seen people use kt tape as like honestly like a wrist wrap essentially man but it if you use KT tape for your wrist, you're going to burn through about ten dollars worth of oh, tape. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Now, yeah, definitely not advocating for it. Yeah, I'm yeah. just saying I have seen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so uh, just a potential use. <laughs> cool. All right, so let, let's kind of let's dive back into to the wonderful world of powerlifting, right? So, so we're going to get let, let's talk about briefs, right? So briefs, all I know about it is like the the original romp him, right? The man romper, right? So, so Josh, you've worn briefs before. I have. I've squatted in briefs before, only only a couple times. It has not been not been often. How's that experience? Honestly, it's so first and foremost, just, you know, people, when people look at gear powerlifting, right, they look at it and they're like, oh man, those numbers are so, you know, fake and you just throw, oh yeah, I could squat a thousand pounds too if I threw that on. <laughs> and it's, but what people don't realize is like, just like any sport that involves equipment, you have to learn how to use the equipment to actually get really any benefit from it. And so whenever you're talking about any of these powerlifting, uh, you know, equipment pieces, you're going to need to actually train in them to learn how to effectively get back out from mm-hmm. it, like that. You're, they, they, that what you're trying to get from it. Um, briefs are one thing where I really do think that even if you're not a powerlifter, squatting and briefs periodically is not a bad thing in my opinion, just because it, it provides a little extra, uh, you know, 
I guess, you know, your hips are going to be a little happier. It's going to give you a little extra stability, a little extra compression, uh, you know, while you're going through some of these squats, uh, you know, through like a heavy squat cycle. So I do think that even if you're a raw lifter, an Olympic lifter, doing some squats and briefs, I don't think is a bad thing. Um, I don't think every session should be in briefs. Um, Just like if you're a power lifter and you lift geared, the last thing I want you to do is wear geared every single squat session. You've got to squat without it too. Um, So in general, what they're doing is you're going to get, you're going to feel a little bit more stable. You're going to feel like you have a little bit more like the briefs are going to give you a little bit on the way back out because like we mentioned, some of that material is going to store yeah. some energy and it's going to give you a little bit more. But a brief is not the same as like a suit. They're mm-hmm. not. It's not super, super stiff. Um, it's really just honestly like just a little extra um, protection and stability and, and compression around the hips while you're doing it. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So, so- Feels good. It, feels it does like, feel it feels good. Like yeah, it way. does. It does feel good, man. Now you definitely feel as you're getting to the more of like a bottom of your depth of your squat. You can feel how that material, because it doesn't have a ton of give, like yeah. it is helping you know stabilize and prevent you know you descending any further. And then as you come back up, you are getting a little extra support coming back up. Gotcha. So most likely, yeah, it is going to help you lift a little bit more. But I think periodically, that's not a bad thing to throw those on. Sure. So then, what's the difference between the, the briefs and the squat suit? Uh, so, uh, squat suit is going to be, um, you know, it's a little bit more of like a full body type thing. It provides a, ton, a, a lot of compression, similar to, to what we've been talking about. You have to learn how to, um, you know, how to use it because it's basically, you know, compressing everything really tight, but you're going to be, you got to make sure that you're working. Um, I'm trying to figure out how best way to describe this, but like, um, you know, trying to figure out the kind of like the slot from which you're squatting to make sure that your, 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 your groove is good to be able to like kind of get that energy back out of it. Um, and so like, so a, a suit is going to be like a more of a full body type thing. Um, and it's going to give a ton of compression and it's going to give you a lot more out of it. Um, and so those are, are things that, that definitely can increase your numbers. Right. But Either way, like you've got to learn how to use it. You've got to squat in it, um, and, and it's something that still doesn't negate the fact that if you're gonna have a thousand pounds on your back, like a thousand pounds feels like a thousand pounds. So gotcha. um, I think suits are great too, but most of the time you don't see, at least in the powerlifters that I've been around and just like hanging around Donnie's place a lot, um, is you're not wearing suits. You know, while you're going through your, your training sessions, right? That's more as you're getting closer to the meat leading into it. Yeah. You're, 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 you're going more to the full suit kind of thing uh, periodically to, to again, train that. But gotcha. briefs are, are much more of a staple uh, gotcha. in training. Okay, cool. And then before this episode, we were kind of making this list, right? I, I didn't know there was a, a thing, but apparently there's a deadlift suit too. So there are deadlift suits I, too. I envision the, the bat suit. Uh, like the George Clooney one, worst Batman of all time, best Batman is Michael Keaton. But uh, what's a deadlift suit? What is that? Uh, it's a like? similar kind of idea. It's it's like a, a full body. Um, I guess like you know people, most people know what a singlet looks like, kind of right. So it's it's more of that kind of thing. It's going to provide again more uh, com- compression. Hopefully, allow you to help uh, you know give you a little bit more carry through up through uh, you know through sticking points and up through the lift, right? So it's the same kind of thing of where you can kind of you know you load into it and you get kind of the, you're you're basically fighting against the suit or whatever to get to your starting position. So the suit's actually can help you mm-hmm. kind of get up a little bit too. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And then I guess the last one on this piece, bench shirts. Yeah, bench shirts. I, you know, I'm familiar with those. You know, those yeah. have been around for a while. Um, yeah, those those are those are pretty sweet. Those right? are tight too, and that's why I've heard Don even talk about like sometimes the shirts are so 
strong that actually at the bottom of the lift of the bench, you're actually pulling the bar into your chest yeah. to where you're actually like trying to, to be able to complete the full range of motion because like it's so stiff it actually is able to help overcome the load that you're actually pulling it to your chest and then it is helping you with that initial lift back off. I, I think Donnie always talks about that being like best practice for bench, right? Yeah. Is, to, is to kind of get comfortable with that pulling motion. Yeah, yeah. You're almost pulling it, it yeah. into, you're like lowering it, but you're, and then at the bottom you're kind of pulling it in. It's just such a different experience and, and you see people try to, uh, you know, again, that's again, something you got to learn how to use, um, but you see people in the gym uh, use slingshots as like a, yeah. a mimicking this as like a training mm -hmm. piece. Um, and that can be, you know, uh, a big, you know, performance enhancer. Uh, I actually saw an article when I pulled this up. Um, I had, I had not, um, I had not read this article before, before I was like looking into this. It's uh, by Doug Dale, um, Journal of Strength Conditioning Research in 2019. And it looked at the, um, the effects of the slingshot on bench presser or bench press performance. And uh, what it found, it found actually that the participants were able to to on to lift between 17 and 24 kilos more than their raw bench when they were using the slingshot on their one arm, which is like a crazy number, right? Um, but just like anything else, like as you're going down with that slingshot, imagine a slingshot. It's you know what it is. That's it's like a it's a band essentially, but it's like a thicker band that also is maybe what, four inches wide potentially, and it goes around your arm. So as you are lowering down to your chest, the band is that's around your arms is actually stretching, right? So again, storing some energy there so that way when you drive up off your chest it is actually essentially providing some assistance mm -hmm. and so um, just like anything else probably can be beneficial to overload that movement periodically but I don't think you're doing every bench session sure. with with a slingshot on yeah and slingshots just as a side note great great rehab tool too we, I've used that a lot um, with post-ops right post-op shoulders elbows that kind of thing as we're reintroducing mm -hmm. um, you know compound pressing movements um, vertical and horizontal been yeah, really a good tool sure. to kind of bridge that gap too so yeah I recommend get one of those for your clinic if you treat athletes or 100% love, love that man have right. you ever squat in any of these suits or wear any wear no. briefs or a slingshot or anything like that? <laughs> Bro, I know we're practicing today. We're benching with slingshots, man. <laughs> yeah, Let's yeah, have yeah, a little fun. <laughs> All right, so last thing about powerlifting. I'd, I'd be remiss if we didn't discuss the other type of gear. We're yeah. talking PEDs, right? <laughs> yes. So powerlifters, so powerlifters, when they say gear, they could be referring to what we talked about so far, or they could be talking about PEDs, right? So, it, it very, yep, you um, could. <laughs> it's part of the sport, right? Bodybuilding, body it's part of the sport, right? Yep. Powerlifting, it's part of the sport. So, um you know, widely, widely used. And I think honestly, you know, it's, it's important to know about this and talk about this too, because if you do treat powerlifters, they are a special subset of the population. They're just very unique in every single way. And you got to recognize that, you know, whatever they might be using, it could potentially, you know, impact their rehab. It could potentially impact, you know, their risk of injury, that kind of thing too. So it's good to kind of start to recognize that and, and accept it, you know, mm -hmm. that it's part of the sport. And, uh, Anyways, that's my thoughts of that before I go on too much of a tangent. But, but yeah, um, also, Nick Diaz, most relevant quote in sports. Everybody's on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I think I think we'd be remiss to think that powerlifters the only people using some of those substances, right? right? Yeah. Um, you know, I think we'd be naive to think that mm -hmm. high-level CrossFitters or high weightlifters or you know any sport really, um, whenever there's money and fame and and you know. Any like people trying to make a living, people are going to do. Time you starting to feel your mortality. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, people. Yeah. I mean, people are going to try to. They're going to cheat because they're trying to. You know. You know. Basically, create their own brand or to win or to provide for their family. You know, mm -hmm. depending on what their scenario is. So, people be using. <laughs> people be using. Thoughts about that? Yeah, I mean, 
definitely once you get to the high level, if you need, if you're chasing Matt Frazier and you can't get there by yourself, mm. you might take that little kick. Mm. And, I mean, another thing too, I, I wish that I wish that it wasn't so taboo, and I think it's probably starting to be a little bit more accepting. I know that um, just for a lot of different reasons, hormone replacement therapies are becoming more and more commonplace. So mm-hmm. uh, I think as a physical therapist, it's just really, really important to be have patients talk to you about that and discuss it because it's very, very relevant to what you're working with, especially when you're thinking about tissues in the back of your head and you're helping someone heal and that kind of thing too. Plus, as a side note, man, you know, I shaved my head. I'm done having kids. I'm, I'm, I got nothing to lose now, man. I'm thinking about getting on that TRT. I've been talking Boom. about it. For, I've been talking about it since like the, our first episode of the podcast. But I think it's probably time. Yeah, no, but I think I think on that first episode though, you mentioned the importance of like maybe not directly asking, but sometimes you know inquiring about some of these things. If you're having somebody that's maybe an older lifter and they're coming in with some kind of tendon injury, and you might you're looking at, you're like. Yeah, that is something to, there's some considerations there, right? So if from a PT standpoint, if you've got somebody that's coming in that, that you think, you know, is potentially, you know, utilizing some, some gear, you know, to keep the theme going, um, you know, that could be potentially, you know, uh, you know, something that has led to why they're coming to see you in the first yeah, place. Could be. All right, I'm gonna make a deal, man. If I get on TRT, I'm gonna be open about. It. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be hashtag TRT physio. I'm gonna chronicle this on every episode. <laughs> oh, I'm, gonna yeah. about, I'm gonna talk about my my dosage how it's made me feel good stuff bad stuff we're gonna talk about this man we're gonna do it and then what we'll do is he'll he'll pass a little bit to us adam and we won't be open about it we'll just go to bed and be all the benefits and we just won't tell anybody yeah. oh all right. man all right so honorable mentions right so a few other kind of outliers here lifters shoes right lifting yeah I, lifters totally fit into this in yeah, my yeah. opinion okay. and i am a person who is they are a crutch Lungs. for me with my <laughs> with my ankle mobility and mm-hmm. yep so so lifters for sure are crutch mm-hmm. i think just like anything else you don't probably shouldn't do every squat and lifters unless you're me. Don't don't give me shit about it. <laughs> but, but it's probably good to squat barefoot sometimes. It's good to squat in flat shoes. It's mm-hmm. it's yeah. You know, and if you don't normally wear lifters, you know, think about using them too. They are a performance enhancer in a lot of ways. That stable heel, a little bit better positioning. I think it's hugely important, even in the rehab setting. You have somebody that has a you know say maybe low some low back pain with mm-hmm. with squatting right or mm-hmm. they're 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 getting the you know their change their position changes as they get to the bottom of the depth putting something under their heels or having them wear a lifter to be able to be a little more upright be in a better position reduce some of their symptoms allow them to keep squatting mm-hmm. look, think, look into it it's it's definitely uh, some gear that you you know has a place yeah absolutely um thoughts about it at all yeah i, I definitely like lifters i mean they they are performance enhancer and they have their place but mm-hmm. again you shouldn't squat with them every day just to it allows to get better position and then yeah and by better position i guess just elaborate i mean it it, it, it's a heel lift so it puts in a little bit of plantar flexion kind of takes some of the ankle mobility out of the equation it also shifts your center of mass forward a little Mm -hmm. bit more as well too so you know creates a little more of like a like a knee dominant squat yeah put you a little more upright you're doing olympic lifting that can help right and 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 again look at the best in the world look at the actual olympic lifters they're all wearing lifters um Mm -hmm. the chinese lifting team they put everybody in lifters right from day one even if they have great ankle mobility you're getting lifters right but i think there's something about having that really sturdy stable heel too i think that's Mm -hmm. an underrated part of lifters Mm -hmm. it's not just the range of motion part yeah, sure. All right. Um, the pad on the bar. What's that called? The, the uh, I think it's technically called a squat sponge. Squat sponge. <laughs> is what I think our brand the one says on it. Okay. So um, thoughts about that squat sponge? 
Yeah, um, only for glute bridges and hip thrusts. <laughs> that's what traps are for, right? That's what traps are for. Yeah. God, God gave us our own squat sponge. Squat sponge, you mean yeah. traps? Okay. That's right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, and then I had I added one in their episode. Um, those Nike shoes, those Nike marathon shoes. What are they called? Oh, the yeah. ones where the the, 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 the sub the sub two marathon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a patient who he's so he's he's a really good uh, cross country runner. He's like a like normally like a six twenty mile guy. And he said it dropped down to like 605, 607. Good Lord. Yeah. Ooh. So he said they're legit. And he said they just feel good. Can't really explain why, but he said they just feel awesome. Um, yeah, for yeah, sure. So I think you're going to see <laughs> yeah. more and more of that in the running world, I do believe. Yeah. Um, well, I guess the only other one I had on there, I don't know if we included in this. What What do y'all think about chalk? Using oh, chalk? Yeah. Oh, I love chalk. Yeah. Do you think, you think chalk is... is gear do you think it's you know what what's going on you know where, where are we putting chalk in this category uh, it's some a summer in south carolina with the freaking humidity it feels like <laughs> yeah. a swamp yeah. you you it's a necessity it's dangerous not to have it because yeah. the bar is wet the bar is sweating i mean you got to do something right i mean you yeah. can't just you can't just you know use a towel and dry it off because it's gonna be right there in, mm-hmm. in a second i think it, it goes back to you um talking about wraps mm-hmm. like chalking up Definitely, it's going to help my lift. But if I'm in a time crunch and I'm racing somebody, mm-hmm. you're not going to have time to shock up. So there's yeah. a time and a place. But like in South Carolina, <laughs> you're not going to even be able to hang on to the bar. Bro, or, or when Froning stole Matt Fraser's oh, truck yeah. in that last in that in the final event, bro. It's like wait, if you're not used to lifting without chalk too, man. What are you going to do? Right? Yeah, you right. going to run off the floor and go grab yeah. some more? Like what <laughs> yeah. you so, uh, yeah, dude. I think I think chalk is is honestly a safety thing in a lot of ways. Uh, make sure that you have a good grip on the bar if you need it. But mm-hmm. it's it's also good to train without it and get comfortable. Being able to, to grab the bar quickly without having to without having chalked up in between. So, yeah, man, um, it's it's like a ritual for me. Like I'm yeah. basically not doing an Olympic lift if I don't chalk up. It's, like, it's like part of like my whole like, routine. Yeah. You know, like, Which, I but you it. know what though, if your sport doesn't, or if you're not competing in the sport of fitness, then then that's probably totally fine, right? You know, you're yeah. you're never gonna have to do a lift without it if you're not yeah. doing potentially the sport of fitness. Yeah, so. yeah. gymnasts use it. Uh, climbers, you know, we had a really successful climber mm-hmm. here not too long ago. Um, oh, yeah. He said you got to have it. Absolutely can't not have. Chalk. Even the, even um, our El Capitate, our uh, El Capitate. What, what's it? The hangboard we have in the yeah. clinic. Um, you, you know, it's night and day with and without chalk. I mean, no, for sure, for sure. And you got to get strategic with it and time it to where, like, when you'd be resting otherwise, if you're doing it, or have it in your pocket, so that way you yeah. can be transitioning without having to reach down to anything. I yeah. mean, there, there's definitely some tips and tricks on for when sure. to utilize track, chalk to, to shave some time off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Chalk the bar itself. Yep. Chalk the pull-up bar if you need to. Do what you got to do. First time I ever saw that was actually in a competition. Oh, dude, that, that gives me a whole other thing. From tape, taping the pull-up bar. Oh. Yeah. That's a whole other gear standpoint there. Right. That made me think about it. Yeah. What do, y'all, what do you think about that, Adam? What are your thoughts on that? I, I actually don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's good for, like, um, for like new people yeah. um, learning strict pull-ups so they have a little extra grip on the bar. Yeah. Um, but once you get going and everything, like especially with kipping, I think it's actually a performance dehancer. You start to stick to dehancer. Ooh, yeah. I like that word. I haven't heard dehancer. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Um, yeah, Brand, you you ever put you doing pull ups? You doing anything? You putting tape on the bar? I mean, if I go back in there and I see tape on the bar, that's usually the point where I'm gonna naturally. Grab. <laughs> yes. But otherwise, I'm not I'm not taking the time to actually yeah. do it myself. But yeah, um, I like the way it feels. But yeah, I mean, I'm yeah, usually well, doing strict. 
Um, I'm not oh, usually yeah. spending as much time doing kipping and butterfly, but yeah, I could definitely see where it could get a little sticky. Yeah, well, this is definitely something where I feel like a lot of athletes get used to using a tape bar, sure. and then they go to competition, and the bar's slick, and they have no idea what to right. do. And yeah. so I encourage people to use a different bar in your gym every single time you do a workout, or mm-hmm. use a different bar, uh, or use tape, or don't use tape, or, right. or you wear grips, don't wear grips, just to prepare yourself for any potential possibility that comes up in the competition, mm-hmm. if that's the, the what's going to happen. Um, but it clearly helps enough that that the open they had to outlaw using grip and tapes together, which oh, which yeah. is different. They actually That's had to do that game. because that changes the game, dude. I remember one year I did it was a chest bar overhead squat workout and I had grips and tape, and it was like, dude, it was like I could just like relax my arms yeah. because like yeah. I was stuck to the bar. Right, right. <laughs> and, uh, and so uh, yeah, so tape tape on the bar, mm, probably not a good idea most of the time, but you know. Throw it on there every once in a while, I guess. <laughs> Anything else, man? I feel like we hit we hit about 16, 17 different different things. Yeah, Anything we hit else a lot. Missed? I'm sure there's some other stuff come up. If you got anything else you want us to talk about, hit us up on the Instagram at Better Faster Podcast. Yeah, yeah for mm-hmm. sure. Well, Adam, man, it's been great having you on. Uh, yeah, let's get you on more, brother. For a long time. Um, so you know, if anybody wants to, to reach out to you, man, anybody needs some work on their snatch technique or whatever, mm, the snatch be. whisperer. Yeah, where, come on in. Where come on in, or where could they find you online? <laughs> Um, they can find me at BillyDuke33 on Insta and then AdamBillyDuke33 at Gmail. Yeah, we'll put that on the show notes. Billy Duke, Duke. <laughs> for the win. All right. Well, this is a Better Faster Podcast. We're out. This episode is brought to you by Vertex PT Specialist. One patient per doctor physical therapy per hour. Guaranteed. The best physical therapy ever. Check us out at vertexpt.com or on the gram at vertexpt.